Make Life Delicious, the podcast, is more than the food we eat. It's what else in life that makes us feel, be, and act delicious. We'll have conversations about real life, its messiness, and the things we can't live without. The ups, the downs, and the things we do on the daily to maintain our health, strength, and our balance. We'll talk about the unconventional wisdom and the alternative practices used in raising families, from healing to sex, because life's juicy. We are so excited and so ready to share how we make life delicious every day and how you can too. This is a Soul Fire production. Today on Make Life Delicious, we're beyond honored to be sitting with our dear friend, entrepreneur, and superwoman, Sandy Gooch. You may recognize Sandy's name as she is the founder of Mrs. Gooch's, a nationally acclaimed health food and grocery store change that changed the grocery industry to what it is today. Sandy's standards went above and beyond providing the absolute best, safest quality foods and products sold anywhere in the country. Sandy's been honored around the world and recognized in the food industry as the mother of the health food industry. A woman ahead of her time. Sandy created a culture and modeled health, wellness, safety, and integrity. Whole Foods Market bestowed the Achievement Award entitled, You Have Changed the World. Saying it, I just get chills. You have. She is the original visionary for what we know today as the natural products industry. You single-handedly help improve the integrity of an entire industry. Thank you, Sandy because you truly brought health to all of us, made it more available. And we truly thank you for being here today. And it's truly an honor. We can't wait to just sit and just have a yummy conversation with you. Fantastic. I'm looking forward. (laughs) (laughs) So Sandy, you have had a very long um, path in your life. And I have been so grateful and honored because we met because when I first started, um, Evie's garden, organic marinara sauce, 25 years ago, we met and it was a very pivotal time for me. And that's, you know, in terms of how you took me in and mentored me around a product that was so near and dear to me because my mom had died of breast cancer. And then I created Evie's Garden Organic Marinara Sauce in her honor. And I'll never forget that day. It was angelic. Literally, I showed up at your house. You were you and Harry, your husband Harry, so warm, so welcoming. And I'll never forget because we're all sitting there and you go, look, there's seven doves sitting outside the window of you, Peggy, surrounding your head in like an aura. And it was like, okay, this was meant to be. We were meant to be together, and I was—I am forever grateful for that. So, thank you. Well, it was really wonderful, and of course, I checked out the ingredients in your uh, pasta sauce, marinara sauce, and uh, they really met uh, my standards. And so, I was delighted to uh, carry it. Not only because it was quality, but you had to have a wonderful mother in order to be who you are. Mm. Well, let's, let's start at the beginning. How did it come about that you went into the natural food industry or the food industry period? 
How did that I was start? a master teacher for 17 years. And um, there was a time when I had an infection, a doctor prescribed um, an antibiotic tetracycline, and I developed a profound allergic reaction to it. I was in Scripps Research Institute Hospital for uh, 10 days. And the, the doctors there said, well, nobody has a, a reaction like you do with pains in the chest radiating down the arms and feelings of imminent death. It's probably all in your mind. My father, who was a research biologist and chemist and had his own pharmaceutical company, said to the various uh, doctors, um, I know my daughter, she is a little weird, but she's not out of her mind. Anyway, with that, I was sent home and every day I thought I would probably die. I couldn't eat. There was nothing I could do. My father started doing research, realized that it had to do with sets of enzymes in my system that were knocked over like a set of dominoes by this um, antibiotic, and that I had to heal myself. There was no drug, no magic pill that would help me. Um, in his research, he realized that um, food would play an important part in my healing process. And therefore, over a period of time, I threw out everything that had artificial flavor, artificial color, additives, preservatives, refined white flour, refined white sugar, um, anything that had an ick, it, or an aid at the end of the word, such as nitrite, nitrate, etc., and brought in foods that were really healthy. That took a lot of uh, time because they weren't around. So I would travel from Santa Barbara to San Diego in order to find whole grains, organic foods, etc., and bring them into my kitchen. But after a period of nine months, I started to feel better. I started lecturing and uh, one time in the uh, lecture hall, a woman said to me, you're talking about health and I know I can't find the foods that you're talking about. Why don't you open up a store? And I oh thought, God. why not? I went to get a loan. I was a woman. I couldn't get a loan. This was in the 1970s, you remember. People oh, now can go in and they're a female and they can get alone. Not them. And uh, so I had to take my teacher retirement money, all my savings and everything to open up the first Mrs. Gooch's market. And mm. an interesting thing is the man who held the lease on this market looked at me when I signed the lease and he said, this is the first time I've ever bet on a woman. Wow. That's amazing. There's like your story and just hearing the trajectory of what brought you onto this path is so empowering, especially as like a young individual, like a young woman who struggled with my health and have really created my career based off of my health journey and the people that have supported you, your father, the woman in the lecture hall that like sparked that interest of like opening a grocery store. It's amazing when you 
open your heart and your mind to allow the flow of where your life's supposed to go to happen. And especially back in the seventies, like you said, when you had so much against you to not have the funding from the banks and having you, you truly bet on yourself. You knew you bet, you felt so strongly in what you were doing. That's so amazing. It's called being a possibility thinker and thinking Mm. of the possibilities rather than saying, oh, no, I can't do that. And by the way, I didn't the the first store was a success, but I couldn't get a loan for the second store. So um, I had to uh, put in more savings and have some other people join me in a limited partnership. That store was a success. I opened up the third store. I still couldn't get a loan. That store was a success. In 1984, the fourth store opened up and I got a loan from First Woman's Bank. Wow. Wow. And also to just that timeline, that's a span of 10 years, that even in 10 years, and you proving the profitability of this business and still not being able to get funded. Like your tenacity is so inspiring. Truly. And it's, it's what has made you such an icon in this space. I mean, growing up and knowing how much you meant to my mother and you mentoring her along her journey of her businesses and careers from Evie's Garden to Kitchen Blessings to Growing Great, which you helped and supported a lot. Um, with that, it's just, it's so amazing how food really is a connector. And especially when you find this, um, when you're struggling with it, especially with your health and how much more it can connect you to like-minded people and back to yourself, to wellness. I have certainly, I agree with what you're saying. Food is the connector and it can be a very exciting journey. I love that. Yeah. And you really did create, in my opinion, a tribe, you know, for all of us that were and are health conscious. I remember going to that store on National and Bundy, you know, it's like that was my store. That was my safe haven because I like you, you know, we struggled with food and I needed to find things for me, myself, for my family, everything. So. um Tell me, you, in those 10 years, you were working a lot. Did you have a family at that time? Were well, you- yes, um, I did. And um, that was part of the thing of juggling everything. The work, which was like a 24-7 uh, job, and yet not neglecting the family, uh, being home and uh, working with uh, them in regard to homework and what have you, and still having teacher conferences, uh, etc. So it it, it was a juggle, and I do believe that women particularly have this challenge of life's balance, and how do you balance everything with work and play and family and your own health? And so what would be like some pearls that you learned from that juggle, like anything that you know you can share? 
that, you know, can help women today that are balancing business. And then now, of course, not just business and family and cooking and laundry and relationships, but now yeah. they're teaching. Now they're teaching. They're, they've been asked to become teachers That's of their right. children. So, so what might be, you know, um, some ideas and thoughts and tips that, you know, maybe you can share with our community here? I think it has to do with um, an expansive approach uh, to life. And what I have done along the way is um, we cook, my husband and I, um, and investigate a variety of recipes and enjoy uh, the cooking experience. With exercise, I'm walking 10,000 steps a day. Uh, I work out. I have a what is called a Vita Body exercise machine. I do a little bit of weightlifting. I do Pilates, gyrotonics, and Zumba. I do Zumba online. One of my Zumba teachers in, is in Boston. The other is in Santa Monica. A little bit of yoga. Then there's the brain. What do you do for the brain to support that. Uh, Thich Nhat Hanh talks about mindfulness and being aware. What I have learned to do is when I'm walking, if I'm in a familiar area, not looking down at the sidewalk or the road or whatever, but the clouds, the telephone pole, the top of the trees, or look at that flower, look at that leaf that just fell. Mindfulness, being aware, training your brain to move uh, and um, look at uh, a variety of things. Then there's the friendship that you develop with people around you, as well as your family. You can be friends with your family, too, and with your significant other, your spouse, or whatever. And then there's music. And there's a great deal of research now in regard to what the part that music plays in one's mental health. And um, there's an organization called Music Men's Minds, which now uh, has taken on Rotary international and music men's minds has discovered that Alzheimer's and dementia can be staved off by um, listening and playing and singing music. It's phenomenal mm. research that is incurring. So Sandy, Sandy, that's, that is so critical. I, I, I love that. Megan, you were going to say something well, about the music. Saying- about the music, we've seen that with a dear family friend of ours that has dementia and Alzheimer's pretty seriously. But when we play music, it's like he reverts back to himself. He can remember the words and he sings along. And yes. it's so beautiful. Like you talking about the criticalness of that is huge. It's oh. huge. And they're just now really doing an awful lot of UCLA is involved in this as mm-hmm. well as um, other universities uh, globally, as Rotary helps to take this um, uh, on a global uh, basis. Wow. You know, I started incorporating a four-minute movement after my meditation to kind of ground myself in this feeling, these emotional, good, happy thoughts. And I put it to music and I dance and I move my body. 
for Absolutely. four minutes. Because and I thoughts are going through throughout the synapses in your entire body. Yes, that it it shifts anything. I could wake up either on, you know, you wake up sometimes on the wrong side of the bed or you yeah. wake up, you know, you're just whatever it is. And, and so to lift your spirits and, and we know too, that our emotions and our feelings really have a lot to do with our immunity and our health and well-being, which is everything that you are, are truly talking about here. You know, yeah. all of the big part. Yeah. All of the things that you shared, I really love. I mean, studying, having studied functional medicine for me personally, and hearing what you said about like a tip that you would give to women that are looking to be in this space of their life, whether they're mothers or wanting to become mothers and entrepreneurs or business women. I love how you touch on everything, your movement, your your spirituality and really your connection to the moment, um, to your friendships, to, I know for you, it's food and connecting to what you feed your body and not just your body, but your mind, the things that you read and you listen to, you know, I think it's a lot, it's very, and I love the words that you use, like investigate and expansiveness, because that's truly what it is about is expanding what you currently know to more and investigating to expand your knowledge and where you're at. And it's very, it gives a lot of hope to, to me who wants to be, have a business, but also wants a family, but also wants a really loving partnership. You know, I'm just so curious, where were you in that time in your life? Cause I know that you said you did have a family, you had Harry with you. Um, when you first started Mrs. Gucci's how, and you were teaching as well. So how, what did that look like that time in your life? It seems very full. And I love the tips that you gave for keeping yourself, um, accountable and like being able to show up in your fullest. Yeah. So where was I at that time? Um, I was in a state of learning, I think, because there were no books, no rules written, no place I could go to get that information. So I had to do my own research throughout a broad spectrum. Now we can push a button and say, what do I do to support my body or my mind? And on comes a plethora of knowledge. Well, it wasn't like that at that time. So, but even today, it's investigate, it's um, learn more, know more, take classes, network, um, be better. And what would I guess the biggest quote I could give to you would be she who has the greatest amount of knowledge and information has the greatest amount of power. So you're the more you know, the more you investigate, the greater the power you have to complete your goals. I love that. How powerful would it would you say it is to having a support system, like having your partner or having somebody with you that was supporting you, like your father along this journey that really believed in what you were doing? Um I would just love to know a little bit more about that because I think it's so well, it is important, but sometimes you don't have anybody to support you and you can still um, 
do it. I was fortunate that during a certain period of time, I did have a husband who supported me. And uh, when I first met him, uh, all he knew how to do was boil water. <laughs> but, uh, he did he did learn along the way. So um, the the importance is. Yes, having people around you who can understand friends, family, etc. But sometimes that doesn't exist. Don't give up. When I was going through this, um, um, and the the first store, my my first husband Ed Gooch decided to divorce me, and so I was going through a divorce. My father was dying of prostate cancer that had metastasized, and my mother had leukemia. All of this, my husband left me. My daughter was having a difficult time in school because of all of this emotion. My mother, I needed to find a home for her where she could manage after my father died. Two weeks after my father died, my husband walked out of the house. <sighs> and I couldn't get alone. <laughs> like so, it was a wild time. I feel like all those tests, like, I mean, I think about my mom when she had a newborn, was building a house, had just lost her mother to yeah. cancer. And it's like in those moments where you're feeling like you could just give up. It's like you both doubled down and you're like, nope, this is how I'm going to persevere. This is what I meant. You're being tested in so many ways and you just showed up even fuller. But you know what happens if you study quantum physics and energetics at all? Uh, You will find that energies meet up and are connected. So that, for instance, I can walk into a room and if there's somebody that's a a negative person, I won't really go there and I will be connected with someone who is positive. And those relationships can then start and uh, expand, which is one reason why I connected with Peggy so many years ago, that there was that energetic flow um, that was there way back when and you don't really have the time to waste on those people are going to knock you down want to be the winners etc I can't at my age I can't take the time to teach them what I can do is work with positive people to make a positive difference Yes. Amen. Amen. What happened is, as I was going through a divorce, Harry uh, and handling a buying of, of different products and so forth, Harry was the national sales manager of a natural food distribution company. He was going through a divorce. He came in and he tells me, maybe it's a story, but I don't know. He said, <laughs> he had to sell sell me going with his distribution company. I I was dealing with a different one for natural products. And he said he walked in the door and he fell in love with me. And 
so he would take me out for tea for lunch at a bowling alley that was two blocks away from the national uh right by the grocery it's right by farmer's market megan knows the place yes i do and so uh and he would say how does a woman think like this and i would say how does a man think like this and what do i do so we became friends of course he had something else in mind but from me i i didn't want any other romantic relationship or anything like that uh i was just in i was in pain and yeah your fact, heart your heart was ripped wide open i would drive home at the end of the day, I would have primal screams oh. coming out of me while I was driving, and I could not control them. It was just ah, like this, tears flowing down, and no one really to talk with, except possibly Harry. And uh, my father, of course, was on death's door. My mother certainly didn't need that kind of uh, trauma. So anyway, two weeks after my husband left and my father had died, I got a call from uh, a neighbor of my mother's who was still trying to live in the apartment saying, you have to pick your mother up because she can't handle being on her own. So I had to find a place for her. Uh, Leisure Village, which was in um, uh, the Ventura area. So you either say, I can't do this anymore, I can't cope, or you choose to say, I will solve it, I will make it work out. So we have choices. And I remember going to a conference one time, and I'll never forget the uh, leader of this conference who was saying, okay, we, we have this baggage of, of stuff that we're dealing with. We have our choice of walking around with your head down, looking at the ground saying, woe is me, I'll never make this happen. Or we can lift up, Take the baggage off, and we can do that mentally and with prayer and with meditation and open up and being a possibility. And there is a thinker, and there is even research now to show that people who are giving lectures, if behind the screen, before they're going on to the podium or the stage, if they stand like this, and Harvard's John F. Kennedy School of Government has research on this, if you go like this and then walk out, your speech, your presentation will be better. I love that. You know, um, they say, even if you have one good friend, Mm-hmm. One good friend is all you need to just bounce ideas off, That's you know, right. whether it's a woman, a husband, a coworker. Did you have that one person in your life that you could actually go to? Yes, my father, while he was alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my mother, by the way, was wonderful, but she did not have all of the knowledge that my father did so far as science was concerned. And I was involved and consumed with science 
scientific information about the body and healing and the mind and going um, outside of the box of uh, pharmaceuticals and the medical establishment um, at that at that time. So yes, my father was a, a, a wonderful, wonderful help. My mother, by the way, was legally blind and auditorily impaired. So she taught me a great deal about tenacity and going forward and doing things even though others thought that maybe you wouldn't be able to do it. So she cooked on a gas flame. She could see a little bit. And when the gas flame was up, she knew the, the, the it was hotter, gas flame lower, and uh, you know, you could simmer. With the oven, she had a um, day glow orange uh, marker on 350. And if she turned it, the dial to the left, she knew that it would be hotter. And to the right, she knew it would be a little colder. So that's, and she, nobody told her that that's what she could do. She just did it. And my father didn't complain about, oh, Ruth, you can't put Dayglow Red on that di dial. So it's supporting one another as they figure out how they can be a possibility thinker and move forward. Which is exactly what you are, you know, having doctors tell you nothing's wrong and all these things and creating this space. And that is now what we know as the natural foods industry is just, you know, nobody was telling you, like, nobody was really like thinking like you were thinking. And I just think it's so amazing. You know, I like reading over your bio and all the things like the Gucciable products, like <laughs> this, the making something Gucciable. How did you create that? I know through your own health um, needs, but how did you, when sourcing foods into Mrs. Gucci's, like how, how was that? Cause I'm sure you reached challenges there with being like, sourcing the products, finding yeah. things that weren't accessible, like this woman said in your lecture hall, like find the products so that we can buy them, you know, like right. how, how long was that process? Cause it's really easy to say like, oh, here's Mrs. Gucci's, here's these products. Here's this thing that eventually sold to Whole Foods, which is huge, you know, but like there's a process. So how long did it take you to set up the markets and set up and create this reputation that then became such a high standards, like you said in the beginning of my mom's uh, marinara you know, sauce? It's a great question because I started from the very beginning and some of business has to do with a code of ethics. And my code of ethics was having products that would promote health. And with my research and my father's research, I knew about all of the things that would not promote health. And so I didn't want those in my market. And so with about nine months of research, I knew what I would carry. And I went out and found suppliers, et cetera, that um, would support um, my thoughts and uh, meet my criteria. As the market became successful, because people traveled from all over, and or it was the first natural food market of its kind in the world. And so they would come, I mean, they would 
fly in to come to the market. Uh, and so manufacturers would take note and they would come in and say, well, I have this product. And then I would say, well, does it fit this criteria, et cetera. And even I would go to their manufacturing plant, et cetera. Bottom line is with uh, being proactive, with uh, sticking to your criteria, it wasn't about money. I did not go into the market to make money. Oh boy, I'm going to make a lot of money doing this. It was about a passion, a belief that I had that I could help a segment of society to heal and feel better. So that's what the motivator was uh, in regard to that product. And it never wavered. Now, as more and more things happen with food, such as genetically modified organisms and uh, so on, then I expanded my criteria of products I wouldn't carry. But people trusted because I never wavered. Well, it's I, like, yeah, I, I love these couple of quotes. And then I want to share with people because I don't think people, I think people need to hear what those standards were, what you did. And there was some quotes that it was, you never had to read a label because you knew the products were safe and you actually had it written on your shopping bag that you don't have to be afraid anymore. And what were you afraid of? Well, you were devoted to providing products without harmful chemicals, additives, preservatives, artificial flavorings, artificial colorings, artificial sweeteners, refined white sugar, refined white flour, hydrogenated oil, MSG, irradiated foods, growth hormones, or GMOs using recumbent DNA technology. That's a lot of stuff that people have no clue is in their foods. Hail to Sandy. (laughs) Seriously. Hail to Sandy, because it's what we've taught for so long. It's how we both raised our children. It's like, and actually taught, you know, it's, it, you want real food and what is real food? And, and growing great is doing that right now, yeah. teaching people about health and food. And the education piece, I just want to touch on that too. What you had, which was such ahead of, again, you're truly just a pioneer in this space, but what you had in the markets, nutritionists there, food sampling, so people could try the foods and not only try them, but learn about them. It wasn't just about putting these products in the hands of people that needed them and were wanting them, but also educating them about that. Cause it's so important. You can you can, what is it? It's like lead a horse to water or teach a man to fish. And then he'll, he'll eat for the rest of his life. It's like that mentality that you had, it's so nurturing and so motherly. It's like, it just makes me think about today, how important it is to have more female entrepreneurs, female leaders that really are not in it for the money, but in it for the good and the passion behind it. And how important that is. It's such a, a, a nurturing way. And the, and the money does fall. If you do a good job and people follow you, but um, don't waver just because somebody says, oh, you know, you'll make, you just don't follow this criteria, but if you just add that. And so um, 
follow your code of ethics. I wow. love that. And so stick to your core that, values. Yeah. Mm. And how did that evolve? Because like you said, you know, the money did follow and it definitely followed for you. You were named um, entrepreneur of the year and then Whole Foods purchased Mrs. Gucci's. So like, how was that process? I mean, that's huge and a huge accomplishment. And that's something that people would strive for. But I, I don't think that necessarily is what you went into again of when you started that's Mrs. Gucci's of selling. Yeah, you're right. I didn't know. But when you make a success out of whatever you do, then there's a thought of, okay, now what do I do with the money? For me, it was always about giving back. How do you give back? Working with nonprofits, other people in uh, society, uh, donating money and time to various organizations that need help, that are doing a good job to make a positive difference in society, wherever it might be. And so that still gives me a great deal of pleasure. Additionally, that doesn't mean that you have to stop being in business. I'm still in business, but my category now is not so much food, though I do consult a lot, but I am in real estate. And so I haven't stopped. I'm just trying to make things better ergonomically now with properties and things that I own. I love that. I love that it's it shows that in life our interests and our careers and our passions can evolve with us. It's to continue to grow and I know a lot of the stuff that you do in real estate has to do with sustainability. So did that passion begin to you allowed to pay more attention to that or like feed that interest once you sold whole sold Mrs. Gucci's or was this something you always had an interest in? I always had an interest because in dealing with help you realize how interconnected things are with help. Yes, food, that's one aspect. Water is another aspect. The environment is another aspect of help. So far as where you live, are there electromagnetics, et cetera? And then the mind. And then supplements. What what else can you do to support your body for help? So it's just not a one-way street. It's an expansive way of looking not only at your health, but your family's and society's health. Because really a goal would be is to have society involved so that the entire community can grow and thrive. Oh, wow. Sandy, so much change, so much shift in everything that we do in life as we grow and we get older, you know, um, there's, I, there, there are trends in that direction that people I think because of the times right now, people are starting to pay attention to their health and all of the aspects of putting food in our mouth, what's in your environment to help keep us healthy, keep our health, but keep our immunity strong and our minds strong and happy, you know? Um, 
tell us, you know, you shared with us earlier about your routines that you like to do. Is there one thing that's a non-negotiable for you every single day when you get up? (laughs) Oh boy. Well, I'm not saying that I do everything every day. I mean, walking is pretty much non-negotiable. Though there might be a few days when I'm not doing the 10,000 steps, maybe it's 8,000 or whatever. That's pretty much non-negotiable. Again, eating healthy food is pretty much non-negotiable. And of course, now during COVID time, um, you're not going to a quality restaurant or whatever, at least we aren't. We're cooking at home and enjoying the process, learning process. I mean, with food, we, we're, we're traveling to Italy and to Mexico and Brazil and, of course, India. We're traveling via food and recipes all over the world. So we get to learn about people and the growing process and, and so forth. That's pretty much non-negotiable. I don't do Zumba every day. I don't do gyrotonics every day, nor do I do Pilates every day. But every week, I do those. Well, you know, before we, when we first started, you mentioned how grateful you are for your health. And I think that today, it's those little things that we all kind of look at and appreciate way more because we've been forced to kind of micro look at our lives because we've been forced to stay inside and things, you know, that we were normally outside and going and doing. And when you said how much you appreciate your health and your well being, I think that, you know, today in my meditation, the focus was on appreciation, appreciating ourselves, appreciating the little things. And I just want to take a moment, Sandy, and just share with you to shine my and Megan's, our appreciation for you, because you really are a hero. You're a hero to women. You're a hero to families. You're a hero to, to all of us. Because what you started, what you created, and your beliefs, your core values, your standards, you never wavered. And everybody knew that about you. You are a model for everyone to stand in their truth. And I just want to say thank you from my heart. Thank you for making this world, our world, a healthier place because of your dream. And we thank, we just, we are, we're so grateful that you came today to share your wisdom with us. And I know we could spend hours talking about more and we just yeah. might have to have you back on. Well, it would be my pleasure. Actually, you spoke of a word appreciation. The word for me that I use every day in my process is gratitude of finding the things that you can have gratitude for and giving thanks and gratitude for those 
things that you experience that you have. And there's another statement I have to say. Ignore your health and it will surely go away. Uh, I love that. It's so true. And thank you for like truly setting the standards for healthy living and healthy foods. Because I know as somebody that was a product, a consumer of your stores of goods, because that's what my mom used to feed me when my health was struggling. And doctors told me that, oh, nothing's wrong with her. This is fine. And for all the people listening that have been there, that have struggled with that and that feel like they don't have answers, what you helped us realize is you truly are what you eat. And if you start with that, something that you, that feeds your soul, that gives you life and really put a focus and make that a priority. It does just help you flourish and helps you heal. Our bodies want to heal. And not only did you do that with food, you're now doing that within the environments and what you're doing with your real estate properties and all of that. And we are just, we're so grateful for you, Sandy. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. For you and Peggy too. It's oh. wonderful to know you, to have you as friends and to be involved uh, a little bit in what you folks are doing to make a positive difference in society. A hundred percent. Well, we thank you, Sandy, and we thank everyone for joining us today. Our entire community of listeners who join us every week. And if you've enjoyed this episode at Make Life Delicious, please subscribe, rate, and review share it with friends so we can continue to bring delicious episodes to you every week. And if you love this, you can get more tips. Follow along with us on Instagram at Korea Girls Kitchen, Pinterest. We're constantly sharing fun recipes and lifestyle tips on our website, koreagirlskitchen.com. And we look forward to seeing you at the next episode. Love you all.